Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Good morning, master of the world. 
Ich 
J.M. in the A.M., Yefe Nof, done by Ellie Levin. Before that, Boker Tovri, Bonnashol Olam, and Bekarov Mamish from Avremel, Avram Fried, star of the Kosher Halftime Show 2024. If you still haven't seen it, search for it online. And thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com, for presenting it. Um, Vikarev, that's Shmuley Unger, who is going to be visiting us tomorrow. Shmuley Unger is going to be visiting us in studio live tomorrow here at JM in the AM. You heard correctly. Shmuley Unger, with the brand new album, is going to be visiting us tomorrow right here at JM in the AM. Should be very, very interesting. That's what I would bet. Very interesting. Shlomo Simcha, brand new with Nerni Tzachon. Simcha Rabba, brand new from Mendy Warch and Alex Clare. And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Wednesday on this uh, February 21st, day number 12 in the month of uh, Adar 1. 
Purim Kutan is actually tomorrow night. Yeah. And I noticed, for those of you who pay careful attention to uh, what the Luach teaches us, I noticed that um, Purim Kutan, which is Friday, tomorrow night and Friday, there's no Tachanun tomorrow at Mincha, because Purim Kutan is Thursday night, so tomorrow at Mincha there's no Tachanun. Uh, on Friday, Purim Kutan, you don't say Tachanun, you don't say Lam Natseach. You're also not supposed to eulogize or fast on Friday. And then Shabbos is Shushan Purim Katan. And that means no Avarachamim, no Tzidkas Chatzedek. And uh, we observe it as a uh, Shushan Purim Katan, a small version of Purim and Shushan Purim this coming Friday and Shabbos. Because normally in the month of Adar, the 14th and 15th would be Purim and Shushan Purim. But this year, because there's two others, we wait a month and we'll celebrate them uh, a month from now. Just a little tidbit that you may want to keep in mind as we approach two special days. Maybe we'd call them minor special days, but nonetheless, special days. JMNAM, good morning. So that's the news. Shmuley Unger tomorrow. Today, we're going to be treated to a very, very important discussion. We try to connect as much as we can with the brothers and sisters that we have in Israel. And today, both Rabbi Dr. Kenneth Brander, the president and Rosh Hashiva of Artur Stone, and Rabbi Avishai Milner, the Rosh Hashiva of Artur Stone's Neve Shmuel High School, are both going to be in this studio today here at JM in the AM. Some of their students have died in this war. They've been hit very hard. I mean, anybody, any institution, any organization, any family that's been hit at all has been hit very hard. But they've been hit very hard uh, in this war. And today's one of those days that we're really going to connect to the Holy Land with special guests in our studio who could tell us what it's like being on the front lines of the war. Not necessarily the front lines in Gaza, but the front lines in terms of trying to give support and love to the families that are suffering the way they are. And the Artura Stone family is one of those families that's suffering, frankly. It's not just that they're trying to give chizuk and strength to others. They're, they're also suffering from the circumstances. So um, we will speak to them coming up live in studio here at JM in the AM. More coming up. This is a Wednesday morning broadcast. Oh, sorry about that. This is a Wednesday morning broadcast. Moshe Kunzler is next at JM in the AM. Cabelet Panav, 
J.M. and the A.M. David Levy with Alenu. Before that, Simcha Liner and his American medley off the Sheva brand new album. Bussy done by Ellie Seidenfeld, Simcha Abramchik, and Mendy Weiss together with Simcha Dance, volume number two. Achakelo done by um, Moshe Kunzler. Yefeinof was in there from Ellie Levin, and you're listening to America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the Rebbe Nachmusikol.com on the Nachmusikol Network, and of course, the beloved NSN app. Please keep in mind, Shalom Avraham Ben Peshalea, Shalom Avraham Ben Peshalea for a Fur Shlema. <coughs> and we certainly thank you for that. Also, please keep in mind, Aaron Tzvi Mayer Ben Manya Rivka. Aaron Tzvi Mayer Ben Manya Rivka. And again, we thank you very much. 
for all your help with that. It's a Wednesday at JM in the AM. We have our guests from Art Torres Stone coming, including our branders going to be stopping by our studio here at JM in the AM. They are on the front lines. It may not seem so because they're not holding weapons in Gaza, but they're on the front lines of this war, and we'll get a full report coming up. Also tomorrow morning, Shmuley Unger is visiting JM in the AM. Tomorrow morning, Shmuley Unger is visiting JM in the AM in studio. Should be a very, very interesting conversation. Shmuley Unger tomorrow here live in studio at JM in the AM. I think it'll be fascinating, frankly. We'll see what happens. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Full schedule today here at the Nahum Single Network, including Yossi's Weig and a Wednesday live lunch. It's happening starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time here on NSN. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday is next. We say Boker Toe from Jam in the AM. גלי צהל מירושלים השעה שתיים. שלום רב באולפן יולי רובינשטיין עם מה שקורה עכשיו. לפני מספר דקות הופעלה אזעקה במטולה שבגבול הצפון. בסוריה מדווחים על פיצוץ נוסף שנשמע בעיר דמשק ועל הפעלת מערכות הגנה אווירית שעה לאחר התקיפה המיוחסת לישראל על מגדל דירות בשכונת כפר סוסה. מוקדם יותר דווח בתקשורת האיראנית כי בתקיפה הבוקר בדמשק לא נהרגו אזרחים איראנים. בסוריה דיווחו על שני בני אדם שנהרגו בתקיפה. ידיעה שמסר כתב חדשות החוץ ברק בטש. סמל ראשון אברהם אובגן, בן 21 מנתניה, לוחם בגדוד 932 בנחל, שנפל אתמול בהיתקלות עם מחבלים בצפון הרצועה, יובל למנוחות בשעה 4 בבית העלמין בהר הרצל. דרסה, אחיו של אברהם, שוחח עם אמיר איבגי בגלי צה"ל. בחודשים האחרונים הוא היה בלחימה אינטנסיבית, כשפגשתי אותו פעם אחרונה, לפני כשלושה שבועות שאלתי אותו, מה איתך, מה שלומך, איך אתה מרגיש, וגם בהפוגות לפני כן, הוא היה נראה לי במצב רוח טוב, חיוני, מוטיבציה גבוהה, לצערי הגורל, הגורל רצה אחרת. השר סמוטריץ' לא חוזר בו מדבריו אתמול כי השבת החטופים היא לא הדבר החשוב במלחמה ואומר ביומן הצהריים אמרתי דברים הגיוניים שמקובלים על רוב הציבור. עומד מאחורי כל מילה, לא מבין את הסערה הזאת, אמרתי את הדברים הכי פשוטים, הכי הגיוניים, אגב מקובלים על הרוב המוחלט של הציבור. על המון המון משפחות חטופים, אני מדבר עם משפחות חטופים, אני נפגש עם כמה מהם בכל שבוע, חשוב מאוד להחזיר את החטופים, זו משימה, יש מחויבות עמוקה למדינת ישראל, אנחנו צריכים לשחרר מדינה שלמה מאשר לזה של חמאס. יש לנו כאן אחריות לביטחונה של מדינת ישראל, לעתיד קיומה, לתשעה מיליון אזרחיה. בג"ץ דחה פה אחד את העתירות נגד מינוי איתמר בן גביר לשר לביטחון לאומי. מדווחת כתבתנו לענייני משפט תמר שונמי. השופטים עמית סולברג וכשר דחו את העתירה שדורשת לפסול את מינוי בן גביר לשר. השופט עמית נימק, חלק מהתבטאויותיו של בן גביר הן אמירות קשות שלא הולמות שר בישראל, אבל יש לתת לעברו הפלילי משקל נמוך בשל הזמן הרב שחלף. השופט סולברג הדגיש את התנגדותו לשימוש נרחב בעילת הסבירות וכתב, עלינו לתחום את גבולותיה ולהכריז עד כאן. היועמ"שית בערב מיארה טענה כי מינויו של בן גביר מעלה קשיים משמעותיים, אבל לא לוקה באי סבירות קיצונית. כתב אישום יוגש בכפוף לשימוע נגד המופתי לשעבר של ירושלים, אכרם א-סברי, בגין עבירות של הסתה לטרור. מדווח כתבנו יואל עברים. 
סברי, סמכות דתית מוסלמית עליונה בירושלים וברשות הפלסטינית, יעמוד לדין בגין עבירות הסתה לטרור, זאת בכפוף לשימוע שיערך לו. סברי תועד פעמיים באוקטובר 2022 כשהוא מנחם משפחות מחבלים לאחר מותם, במהלכם הסית לטרור ושיבח מחבלים. הסרטונים פורסמו בעמוד הפייסבוק המוביל של האיחוד העולמי של חכמי הדת המוסלמים. אוניברסיטת תל אביב הודיעה, בשנת הלימודים הבאה חיילי מילואים יוכלו להתקבל לאוניברסיטה ללא בחינה פסיכומטרית. מדווחת כתבתנו לענייני חינוך, יובל מילר. על רקע שורת הקלות שניתנו לסטודנטים משרתי מילואים בצל המלחמה, אוניברסיטת תל אביב הודיעה בצעד תקדימי על פטור מהבחינה הפסיכומטרית בקבלה לשנת הלימודים הבאה עבור משרתי המילואים, כ-500 מילואימניקים ששירתו 60 יום ומעלה מ-7 באוקטובר, או אלו שעשו יותר מ-28 ימי מילואים בשנת 2024, יוכלו להתקבל ללא פסיכומטרי לכל תחומי הלימוד, כולל הנדסה, מדעים מדויקים, כלכלה ומשפטים, אך לא כולל רפואה. כל פקולטה תקבע רף קבלה אחר בהתאם לממוצע הבגרויות. מזג האוויר, עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. בחסות אוטודיפו, המציעה מצברים לרכב עד השעה. Sometimes I feel it's all wrong And that I'm not really strong But I know that deep inside me I'll be alright As the time comes and goes There is one thing that I know Your mistakes don't define who you are Don't look back Just keep on going And think of the future With no regrets And I know That what's in my heart Will not drift apart From what I'll become Don't look back Just keep on going on going and think of the future with no regrets and I know that what's in my heart will not drift apart from what I'll become what I'll become Going and think of the future 
Just keep on going and think of the future with no regret. And I know that what's in my heart will not drift apart from what I'll be.
Sometimes when you sing the same note over and over again, and you wonder when will this note change or will it ever end, then you realize something you may not have realized before. That when the chords are changing, you're just not the same note So when you put yourself in Claudius' row, you'll start to hear that song. And even though you're only one little note, your note becomes so strong. with Joey Newcomb. He calls that the one-note Nigun. The Donald Hurstick and the Maccabees before that. The prayer for the IDF. Yonatan Razel, brand new, Eight Mil Hamar, friends in Waterbury with a song entitled No Regrets here at JM in the AM. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone. 
and comment away. Oh, a little birdie told us that today is Sharon Feldstein's birthday. That's right. Cousin Sharon is celebrating a birthday today. And with that in mind, we say happy birthday, Sharon Mazalto, from all of us here at JM in the AM. Oh, she got props in Michael Feldstein's most recent article. Michael wrote an article, which uh, I assume you'll see in this week's Jewish link, um, about um, even at this stage in life, hosting people for Shabbos and for Shabbos meals. Oh, boy, the whole thing was one, was one uh, was like one big compliment to Sharon for her incredible hostessing abilities and uh, how welcoming she uh, makes everyone feel who comes for Shabbos or comes for uh, Shabbos Friday night dinner or Shabbos lunch. I'm, I, by the way, can testify to that. I can testify to the type of hostess she is. Anyway, happy birthday, Sharon, from all of us here at JM in the AM. It is a, a Wednesday morning, 21st of February, day 12 of the month of Adar 1, a day away. Well, not really a day away, two days away from Purim Katan, but Purim Katan will start tomorrow night not familiar with that, consult with your local rabbi. But, of course, it is a uh, a reference to the fact that normally Purim is uh, celebrated in the month of Adar. Uh, we're going to welcome a Brander from our Torah Stone and another special guest into our studio coming up this morning here at JMM. And in big music news, Shmuley Unger visits our studio tomorrow morning. Shmuley Unger visits our studio tomorrow morning right here at JM in the AM. Thank you. 
Oh, <laughs> 
JM in the AM. Archie Robbie with Vanit Filosi. Kulanuke done by uh, David Yifra. Joey Newcomb had the one note nigun here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechnishmas Harav Zebedevas of Alevi and Zechnishmas Esther Basuvas of Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser. Oh, wait one second. Uh, I make that mistake so often. It's amazing. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read, V'nosato el choshan ha-mishpat, esorim v'esatumim, v'hoyu alev aharon. And they would put the breastplate of judgment, the urim and the tumim, they would put it upon Aaron's heart. The Sparno explains that the reason they were worn on the heart of Aaron is so that he should pray for the Jewish people to be meritorious in judgment. We learn that in order for a person to effectively pray for their fellow Jews, they must be able to feel their pain, their adversities, their troubles, on their heart. The Bermaim Chaim notes that Aaron Akoin was like the heart of Klal Yisrael. The heart fills the pain of the body. So too, Aaron felt the tsar of every member of Klal Yisrael and was mispalo for them. He sensed their suffering and carried their torment on his heart, and he prayed before Hashem to remove their tsar. That is what is required from a person, and certainly from the Torah leaders, to be noise be'oil, to shoulder the burden of the cloud, to fill their pain, and to daven for them. We learn in Makos that those that were exiled to the Are Miklot, the cities of refuge, was because they had killed unintentionally. They were provided with sustenance and garments by the mother of the Kohen Gadol. This was so that the unintentional killer would not pray for the death of her son, because when the son would die, they would be set free from the Are Miklot. The Talmud asks why is the Kohen Gadol sharing the blame for the murderer's exile? The Talmud explains it's because the Kohen Gadol did not pray sufficiently that there shouldn't be such a mishap, even an unintentional one. In fact, this can be understood in the context of Kol Yisrael Arevim Zelozeh. All of Klal Yisrael are responsible for another to look after each other. In the year Tufshin Yud, the Jewish community of Baghdad in Iraq suffered merciless persecutions from the government because of their desire to learn Torah and to go to Eretz Yisrael. The great Sadiq. Rabbi Solomon Mutsafi organized a special gathering of tefillah on behalf of the Jews of Baghdad. It was in the beginning of Adar. Thousands of people congregated on Har Tzion, opposite the Kosala Marovi. Rabbi Mutsafi, wearing sackcloth in place of his special rabbinic robes, put ashes on his head, sat on the ground. He cried bitterly with the entire assemblage, men, women, children, for the well-being of the Jews in Baghdad. The tefillos continued throughout the entire night. Two days later, the Iraqi government issued a public statement. It granted permission to the Jewish people living in their country to leave. 
More than 100,000 Jews left Iraq and emigrated to the Promised Land. May our tearful pleas to the Rebona Shalom bring all of those currently held hostage back home safe and sound. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
JM in the AM, he's actually in our studio tomorrow. Those who are uh, um, excited about Jewish music these days might find that hard to believe. But tomorrow, Shmuley Unger is going to be visiting us live in studio. It should be a very, very interesting conversation because Shmuley Unger and I come from very different backgrounds, yet both of us are not ashamed to state our opinions about many different topics. So... Tomorrow, right here in studio at JMNAM, Shmuel Younger visits us. Make sure to be tuned in. Before that, Yaakov Shweki with Tenley Koach. It's always a pleasure to welcome Rabbi Dr. Kenneth Brander into our studio. He is visiting us from Israel. He's, of course, the president and Rosh Hashiva at Artura Stone in the Holy Land after many, many distinguished positions here in the U.S., which we've discussed many, many times on these airwaves. And uh, this morning, he is uh, accompanied by Harav Avishai Milner, who is the Rosh Hashiva of Artura Stones, Neve Shmuel, the very famous, well-known, and certainly uh, well-respected Neve Shmuel High School in Israel. First, Rabbi Brander, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It's uh, always a pleasure to be here. And uh, considering that I listen to you on a regular basis, uh, I feel I'm... At home in Chutzlaretz, and Mazal Tov to you on the birth of a grandson. Thank Mazal you very tov. much, Baruch Hashem. Lots of great news, thank God, even during these difficult times. Harav Avishai Milner, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Good morning, happy to be here. I appreciate that. Are you a frequent visitor to the United States, or is it rare that you appear on this side of the world? It's quite rare, it's quite rare. The last time I was here, I think it's about 15 years ago. Seriously? Seriously. The, the Jews like that, you know, that, that don't come here. Is it painful before, before Shemini Atzeres, over the last 15 years, is it painful to leave Eretz Yisrael? And I ask that in that context because I think since <coughs> Shemini Atzeret, anybody I speak to is in pain, even tourists or visitors, I should say are in pain when they leave Israel. Are you in pain generally when you leave the Holy Land? Generally, no, I wouldn't say so. It will be, yeah, here and there we go. Right. I can go to Chutzlaretz. Not very much to the United States, more right. than in Europe, but no, I'm not in the Darga that it's painful. You know, the well, level. <laughs> we, we can enjoy a little bit also Chutzlaretz, it's okay. Rabbi Brander, uh, you're going to have to take my word for it because I've experienced, as I've been to Israel a few times in the last few months, there is a degree of, uh, of, uh, of pain. I don't know what other word to use when one has to, at this point for sure, maybe even before October 7th, but at this point for sure, leave Aretz. I feel the same way. I mean, um, I don't think I'm at the level that when I come for very short visits and I'm able to see some of my children and grandchildren that I feel it painful, but particularly this time, although we're here for good reasons, um, it's painful. It's painful when um, I'm organizing my trips and I'm not here more than a certain amount of days. So if, God forbid, one of our students fall, even if I have to miss the Levaya, at least I can make a Shiva call. So to orchestrate your schedule around the fact that uh, you want to be there for your, for your family, for your extended Ortura Stone family, um, you know, that's a painful reminder of what we're going through. But there's also a spirituality that you feel in Israel now, as I know you know Nahum, 
please God when you open uh, your new branch of uh, the Nachum Siegel Network in any part of Israel. I've offered multiple times on one of our campuses. And you know that, Nachum. There's a, there's a holiness, and when you leave the holiness, you feel, uh, thank God, a, a little pain. Now, any friend or relative of mine who has left Israel for the most noble of purposes, I mean, I'm talking about to come here to raise money for Israel. I'm talking about to come for a family simcha. All of them felt the way you just described. What if, God forbid, someone from my neighborhood goes through a traumatic experience while I'm gone or somebody that I'm connected to through the school network or, or obviously even closer, God forbid, a real relative, and I'm so far away when they need me. And, and that was the attitude that I picked up over the last few months, that people are hesitant to leave, not just because of the pain, right. but they're hesitant to leave because I need to be al I need to be on the spot right. if I'm needed. And now everyone in Israel feels they might be needed. Exactly. I think... Um I didn't ask him beforehand, but I think, Rabbi Vishai, you still have children in Gaza, right? I still have children. I have one. Actually, I had two sons in Gaza and two son-in-laws in the northern border. And they all went out, all got out from Gaza and northern Gordon, And now one of them was, was called again. Yeah, he already came back home for two or, three, two or three weeks. And then he was called again to go into Gaza, into the tunnels. He's in a special unit. And that, uh, that's not simple. That's very, uh, a lot of fear, a lot of thoughts. That's on the personal aspect. It's definitely not easy for me, for my daughter-in-law, for my wife. But all, all the family is, is in the story very much. And there's also, of course, the, the national story and the yeshiva story. In Neveshmuel, <coughs> excuse me, in Neveshmuel, we have unfortunately uh, nine graduators that fell in the war, have fallen in the war, and another two students that their father had been killed in the war, which makes Neveshmuel. Current students? Current, yeah, current students. His father's yeah. fell. Yeah, yeah, current students. We have Kaddish Evrit Filah, they remind us that they're there. Uh, you, you can't miss it, you can't miss it. And it makes things very, very complicated, very heavy, very tear-filled. Uh, that's one side. That's the heavy side. That's the sad side of the story. And it's definitely it's complicated. It's complicated for the for the students, for the staff, for the uh, for for all the teachers. Uh, you know, it's graduates that most of them. Uh, we know they just finished uh, Nevesh Moel three or four or five years ago. The faces, their personalities are still there. We, we know them, we remember them. And it's, it's definitely very hard. Let's backtrack for a minute. And I knew that this was going to be the difficulty with conducting this conversation because I said earlier, the two of you are on the front lines. You're not in Gaza, you're not holding weapons, but you're on the front lines. As you just said, your family is completely invested into this war. Mm -hmm. not, not not voluntarily. They're invested because they have no choice, because there's a close relative of yours who's now in Gaza trying to uh, investigate and empty those tunnels. But let's go back for a moment. How long have you been the Rosh Yeshiva of Nevesh Moel? 
I'm in Neve Shmuel for seven years. And how old is the high school? The high school was founded how 40. long? 40. 40 years already. Rabbi Riskin's first Mamish school. Mamish when? That's the first school. It's the first school Rabbi Riskin started. B'ni Bechori, the first yeshiva. Mamash. <laughs> and it's always had this incredible reputation. Yeah. And so you become Rosh Hashiva seven years ago. <clears throat> Obviously, anybody who fell in this war, outside of maybe the parents of, of these boys, but I would bet you knew them as well, you had a very close relationship with them. As you described, they just graduated within the last three, four years. Uh, and, and now, as you said, you know, in high I remember high school. In high school, there were kids, unfortunately, who were saying Kaddish because their parent may have passed away, whatever the situation was. But here you have a constant reminder, not just that someone lost somebody, but a constant reminder of the situation that Israel is in. And I don't just mean Eretz Israel, I mean the people of Israel. Right? It's a constant reminder every tefillah that we are mourning so many hundreds that have already fallen in this war. It must be a completely different atmosphere in the high school than it was this time <laughs> last year. Could you address that for a moment? How different is the Avira in the high school now than it was, for instance, a year ago? Mm -hmm. I would like to say t t two things, mm -hmm. two different aspects. The first aspect is what we, you just uh, talked about. It's... It's heavy, it's complicated. You know, we, out of these, let's say, uh, nine graduators that fell, uh, four of them have uh, brothers that are learning now in Neve Shmuel. I mean, it's all... So older brothers uh, fell. Older brothers fell, exactly. So uh, every graduator, every soldier like that that falls, uh, you have uh, the, the Shiva, and you have a uh, companion in going with the family, and being with the families. Uh, you know, one of the students, Yonatan uh, Semo, an, an Ethiopian uh, graduator, the family came from Ethiopia to Yerushalayim, and now they're invested in Eretz Israel, Tsareinu. The night he was uh, injured very hard, I immediately went to the hospital to, to be with the family over there. In only... Uh, an hour later, all his friends from the high school also came to the hospital that night. The, the friendship, the togetherness, is very, very hard. It's very close. Uh, it's a tremendous close. bond. Exactly, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he died two days later. And then we started, uh, the, you know, the shiva and the funeral. And so the students, uh, the, the current students, are very are in... Then Avira, the environment, it's hard, it's heavy, it's sad. <coughs> That's on one side. On the other side, I must say, there's a big, every funeral, every boger, every family of the bogrim that we speak with them, they come to the yeshiva to speak with the students, the parents, the parents, the brothers of this soldier that they have fallen. They give us, they give us a lot, so much strength and faith, and it's inspiring. The big, big uh, spirit of emuna and koach, and being sure we're doing the right thing. So with, with the, the, the tsar and the pain comes also the big spirit that we're doing the mesirut nefesh, the ultimate, ultimate mesirut nefesh, the Jews had done for all through, through all their generations, and so uh, the Avira, the, the, the Aklim, is also 
uh, of of good Con- confidence or confidence strength and, and strength there's a gvura gvura a very big spirit it goes together so if you take if i can just add on to ravavishai's comments as somebody who you know engages with the school as well as the others so when yonatan uh, samu fell um in his class also in the class and we keep the students together throughout the four years so they build a gibush they build a connection and the last two years 11th and 12th grade on purpose they have the same educator unless there's some challenge so that their Rebbe has a relationship with them so that afterwards they have a relationship with them oh, in so the army for two years so they have them for right. two years so when Yonatan Samu fell in the same week or ten days so did Eitan Rosenzweig and um <laughs> And and you, you you just basically are dealing with the fact that uh, it was Yonatan, Eitan, and Eitan. I believe, yes, right? Yonatan, Eitan, Dishon, and Eitan right. Rosenzweig, right. and they all fell within a, a week of each other. They weren't in the same unit; they were in different units. And I met one night with Ravavishai and others in the Rebbe's home on a Saturday night. And they came together, the kids from the class, those who were able to get out of Gaza um, more because the army wouldn't let everybody out. There's 30-some-odd kids in the class, and they're all serving. And we just talked about issues. And y- you saw the energy, the spirit. There isn't, they're not depressed. Not that they don't need... They're I think, serious. They're serious. And I have to tell you another thing that as someone with, as they would say, Anayim Chadashot, with new eyes... Because you're from this side of the world, you mean? Yeah, from this side of the world. You go to a funeral with so, someone like uh, Yonatan or Eitan or, you know, 30 other students. And after the funeral, you have students sitting around the grave or standing around the grave... And singing for an hour. Right. I've never seen that before. Right. And, and the and it's singing. It's happening very often. Yeah, it happened. At Shiva I have, as well, by the way. Yeah, I have not been at a funeral. Right. And that ended with songs. That didn't end with songs. Right. And unfortunately, someone said to me, "Do you, you know, you lost your uh, priority status on the airlines because I'm not flying as much?" <laughs> so I said, "Now Has, I have hazards of war." I told them I'm global services at Har Herzl now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, and when you're at when you're at the, these levayas, and some of them you speak at, most of them you don't because they're army, uh, and and you see a group of. Not five, not six. I'm talking about 100, 200 students sitting around and singing for an hour. You momish feel that you've gone up to heaven. Yeah. You momish feel that... The spiritual heights. That you, you just feel that you're not... And, and, and sometimes these levias end at 2.30 in the morning. Right. right? The um, Eitan Rosenzweig's funeral ended like 2.30 in the morning. Two thirty in the morning, or something like that. I don't remember which one. At Har Herzl. At Har Herzl. I mean, because they 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 don't mm-hmm. they don't happen uh, in parallel. They have a lot of work to do. Yeah, there. yeah. They're so, working around the clock. Yeah. So the bottom line. Unfortunately, we saw that personally. Yeah. So the bottom line is, it, it's just like the energy there. It, it's not depressing. It's sad, and people are going through. I'm meeting now with the parents post the shivas just to see how they're doing. 
it's difficult. It's challenging. I don't want to get away from that. But the bottom line is it's not challenging, depressing, challenging. It's there is just an energy that we're doing this for a reason. We're part of a larger narrative and almost like Aziz Chut, what a merit that our family is part of that. A privilege. Rabbi Brander and Rabbi Avishai Milner are in our studio here at JM in the AM. Let, let me do this with you, and you'll tell me if I'm off base or not. Um, we see these funerals taking place, and very often we see the reaction of the parents and relatives of these fallen soldiers. And some of these reactions are unbelievable. I mean, there are speeches and letters that have been written and read by mothers, fathers, other relatives of these fallen soldiers that are not to be believed. And I'm wondering if for us, and maybe it's too much of a generalization because there have been plenty of American-born parents that have done this, but I wonder for us if it's very difficult to relate to that because we, the reality is, have never been as invested, right? Some people who come from our backgrounds do have some children and grandchildren in the army in Israel, but certainly not to the degree of somebody who grew up there, right, and who knew they were going to the army from when they were a little kid. Maybe we just can't relate to this incredible strength, spiritual height, you know, level of emunah and bitachon, frankly, that seems hard to believe on the surface. So in... um in the first few funerals I was at, there were some rabbis from America who came and asked if they could come with me. And I said, of course, I just understand I'm a Kohen, so I know right. the places I can stand. Limits, uh, right. I already know where places I can stand where I basically have uh, the ability to participate without compromising any of the halachic standards. Um, and one of them said to me something that was very powerful. He says, you know, it's almost like here, everybody knows where they're supposed to stand. Everybody knows where they're supposed to move. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do. It's almost like, you know, you know, you know the whole routine, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I said, unfortunately, for there's no one here that it's their first rodeo. And you, and you definitely learn that. But I, th- I, I do think that people in Israel realize that they're playing for all Jewish eternity. This is not a temporary a issue. This is a higher narrative here. These are young people who have given their lives to guarantee the safety and security of Jews, not just in Israel, but Jews in Teaneck and in Tallinn, Estonia, and in Europe and all other places. The fact that we had 18 shlichim leave their families all over the world, emissaries, left their families, and came back like so many others who didn't need to come back, but they came back because they thought that this is their responsibility and they need to be part of this. I think that the parents are communicating that. When when Mrs. Zussman spoke at her son's who's a graduate of ours, who spoke at her son's Leviah. And she spoke about the responsibilities towards Medina Yisrael. Here is a person who was standing in front of her fallen son. And her words were in, as inspiring as any piece of Torah on Zionism of Rabbi Salavechik or Rav Kook. Um, you just get transformed. The whole... The whole country gets transformed. 
And I think that anyone who comes to visit feels that energy, yeah, whether they're at no Harhertz or not. There's no just there's just an energy of of that we're that we're here for we're here for a higher purpose. We're part of a story that hasn't been experienced since the establishment of the state of Israel. I think that we're in a place where this happened on Shemini Atzeret Simcha Torah, where we read the Torah. I think being born at this time, and Nachum, I'm sure you've seen this, I think there's a new Torah being born in Israel now. I think there's a new literature akin to what Rav Cook did that's happening now. I think there's, you know, a new form of Hasidism. We'll use the old, we'll use the old text, and we'll use the old language. Right. But I think there's a new paradigm that the old language and the old words will speak to. I think you're seeing Komahaba, the next step, and how it, the country will not be the same. It's and the way spirit, we teach, but it's a new spirit. Yeah, it's a new well, spirit. the way we teach Torah, the way Rav Avishai is going to teach in our school Torah, it's not going to be the same as it was a year ago. The conversations, the Torah, is it's the same. It's We're not changing. Now we just need you to convince every American rabbi and American Jewish educator to do the same thing, to make, okay. to make Eretz Yisrael much more of a central part of our Jewish education than it has been till this uh, point. I have, we have I'll give you a for instance, right, yeah. Brander. Unfortunately, yeah. you're here to be my sounding board at the moment. I love I'll that. I'll give you a for instance. You know, Pesach's right around the corner. I know Purim Katan is tomorrow night, right. but Pesach is relatively around the corner. And there are going to be a lot of Shabbos HaGadol drushes that are going to be delivered in this country, here in the United States, as an example of the diaspora. I would, I would hope that this year, some of those, how much murrah do you need to use at the Seder, Shabbos HaGadol drushes, turn into what is the eventual fate of the Jewish people as it relates to Eretz Yisrael, since Pesach is, in fact, the Chag HaGeulah, the start of the Jewish people's journey to Israel. I would like to see the American rabbinate make that transformation from the mitzvah of Higat Bincha to the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. Well, first of all, I... I, as somebody who's a rabbi here for decades, I will not say anything against my lovely colleagues in, in America. You'll leave that to uh, me. I'll leave that to you. You're much more, uh, you have a much better ability to do it, and they'll listen to you more than they'll listen to me. But uh, first of all, the American rabbinate, as well as the uh, the American Jewish community, all parts of the American Jewish community, has been very supportive. Agreed. And I have to just say that when you sit with your students, you know, on the Gaza border, or you sit with your students up north, um, where you have a total of, depending where you are, between five and fifteen seconds to get to a uh, to get to a, a uh, where, safe room, whatever, yeah, whatever right. some safe place, right. allegedly safe place. I was last week on Wednesday, a place up north, and there were I was meeting with sixty of our students who just came out of Gaza. And uh, there were rockets, and my wife calls me just to make sure, literally, that I'm still alive, because I was right by Tzvat when that was happening. Oh, right, there was a I rocket there. Yeah. Last told, Wednesday. Yeah, last Wednesday. Yeah. So while I was up, there were 60 of our students, and I, I told her that, you know, you know, obviously, the fact that I was able to answer her answered the question. But the <laughs> right. bottom line, but the, but the bottom line that I was, I was going to say is that the American rabbinate, but I think that, that they need to speak about, if they're going to speak about Maror, they should realize, and it's a whole machlokas, what's mara, what's not mara. Right. I think they have to speak about 
you know, you dip the Mara and Haroset. I think they have to speak about the Mara and Haroset that we've been going through. The Mara and Haroset of today. Of today. Right. I think they have to speak about the fact that they can't forget about the Mara and Haroset, that right. the, same, the same students who have gone through the Mara have shown us, take Rav Avishai's Yonatan Samu in his pocket, in his pocket said that he wants all his organs to be donated. All his organs that could be donated. Meaning it was a donated. note found in his pocket. A note found in yeah. his pocket. Save other people Save with, with other my people. body parts. Right. And then his parents came very shortly after, right. within 40 days, right. to speak to the f- students of about the responsibility of to donate organs, and I believe one of the organ donors was there. And then you saw the mother listen to her son's heart. Meaning organ recipient. Organ recipients, I'm sorry. Organ recipients. Her son's heart in someone else's body. In someone else's body. Unbelievable. My my point is, there's Marar there, and there's also Haroset. And there has to be the ability for the American... not because, I mean, I would love everybody to move to Israel. It would solve a lot of the strategic challenges that we have now. But the bottom line is, even if they don't, I think for our own future in America, we have to realize the fact that we are living in a generation, Nahum, you and I are privileged to live in a generation that we are in front of us seeing the redemptive process right. with all of its challenges and all its opportunities. But the soldiers and their parents get it even more than yeah. we do. Yeah, they, they really get it. Rabbi Vishai Milner is here, and of course you've been listening to Ray Brander as we talk about the situation. As we'll get to our Torah Stone in a minute. I know you have a big night tonight, but the, these are such important topics for our audience. You know, we try to bridge the gap between the diaspora and Israel, and these are such important conversations. Rabbi Vishai, um, you described what it's like, the funeral, the shiva, what the parents go through, how it affects the entire yeshiva, how these graduates certainly know some of the students who are still in the yeshiva, and you know them so well because you've been there now for seven years at the helm of the yeshiva. Um, what can, and, and we know about the shivas, the funerals and shivas that include music or song, as Rabbi Brander described it. I also was at a shiva call in Israel. It was... It was exhilarating what a terrible word to use for a shivakal it was exhilarating listening to the fellow soldiers of the deceased describe to his parents what he was like on the battlefield it's unbelievable and then we leave the shivakal and i go back to my hotel and they're going back to gaza they literally are leaving the shivakal and going back to their base right what happens after shiva because these families must be so torn it must be. It's very hard to keep the spirit of Mrs. Usman. It must be very hard to keep the spirit that she had the day that her video went viral from the funeral. What happens a few weeks or months later? We're now four months into the war. How are these families managing? I'll tell you. It, it doesn't doesn't get easier, but I think the, the main thing. I speak from the point of view of as a Rosh Hashiva. I have students, and we have also the the families. The students are in years that we, we actually were busy building a Jewish, a good Jewish identity. Now, d- generally, in all years, we do it through seminars, 
give lessons, we speak about מסירות נפש, we speak about עם ישראל, תורת ישראל, we speak, you know, we speak, we talk a lot for these values we believe in. And now, פתאום, suddenly in this year, words are needless. You don't need to say anything. The, the things are, this is the reality. It's happening. I mean, my students can only see and hear the families. Rabbi Brenda, I talked about the brave families, the thing you talked about, the, the mothers, the fathers, the families that they talk in the funerals. It's unbelievable, the fate, the emunah yeah, of, of Klal Yisrael, Klal Yisrael that comes before the individual. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, you, but you speak to them a month later also. I speak with them a month later. They still have the great spirit, the great fate. And, but, the, and the great agony, I would assume. But exactly, but they are... Uh, almost, Again, invested? They're, they're uh, all uh, in, so as we they, they can't go back. A lot of them cannot go back to regular life. Yeah. I mean, that, the, 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 the big spirit is not instead... of the agony. Right. It's not instead... Uh, it's with it. It's exactly, it's with it. The whole, the whole country, you wonder, country. It, can it go back to regular life? You know, my, my niece, it was described to me when her husband was in the army for, I don't know how many Shabbatot, I don't know how many weeks he was away. So someone said to me in an offhand comment, you know, she has trouble sleeping at night. Is there anybody there not having trouble sleeping at night? I mean, how do you sleep at night? How did your wife sleep at night? The, the second question is better. Because right. she's, she's really not sleeping. She's really not sleeping. She's really not sleeping, exactly. You know, one of the... I have a student. His father fell. He was a principal of another school. A, sp- a very special man. Hershkowitz. Yossi Hershkowitz. Yeah, of course yeah. we know about Yossi. Yossi Hershkowitz. So his son goes to her school. His son learned in... Everybody my, spoke about yeah. him when he passed away. Uh, his, son, his son, whose name is Be'eri, that's his name, uh, learned in Neve Shmuel. The son is, he, he, he's a lovely, a lovely kid. The mother came and spoke with me a week ago, a week, two weeks ago. It's already, I think, uh, two or three months, maybe, after the father fell. Uh, Barry, uh, the, the, the student, he's, he's still looking for himself. He's not really, he's coming to school, he's coming, he's going. He, c- he can't collect himself can't back. He can't get on track. He can't get on track. The mother came and asked us, help us, help me. Um, but she told us, look, no, she's, a, she's strong. She has a strong family. She's, she has faith. She speaks everywhere. She was here in the United States, I think, twice. Barry, the, her son was here once, and she was here last, last week or two weeks ago. She can speak the biggest words, and she can bring all of us the biggest spirit. But uh, uh, as a person, she told me, I can't, get, I can't get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. I can't decide. I, can't, I don't know what I'm eating. I don't, I, I, She's I, better I'm, at the national mission than exactly. the personal mission. She, she, she can't cope. She can't cope with anything. She told me, look, my son, my son is here. You, you do your best. I, I haven't got the to do anything. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you see these videos and you visit them. The, the soldiers who are in such high spirit and, mm-hmm. and the singing, dancing, and on to victory and We see the videos of them in Gaza infiltrating you know homes and and uh, and public buildings that used to belong to Hamas and now here we are with the Israeli spirit and then we hear that they leave the battlefield and life is not so easy for them and I'm wondering if for some of these soldiers as crazy as this is going to sound to an American the battle is easier 
than when you come back and try to adjust to regular life. It is so true. All of the soldiers, many of the soldiers, you know, I have uh, Ramim, Rabbanim, education, uh, educators that come, came back from three, four, five, three or four months of, of battle. It's hard in both aspects. First of all, it's hard to come back to, to, to regular life. Right. You normal know. schedule. Yeah, yeah. Normal st- schedule to come and teach 30 students and to come back to your wife and mm-hmm. children, etc. It's very hard. It's very hard. Especially after what you've seen and what you've done. What you've seen, more, more what you've done. Right. I, I, spoke, I spoke with a doctor. He's a doctor in hospital in regular days. Now he was, he was in Gaza for four months. He did... He emergency sa- medicine. He saved lives. Right. He saved lives. He told me, how can I go back to the hospital and give here a medicine, give there a medicine? I mean, I, I'm saving lives every day. <sighs> I don't know how to go back. That's a doctor. And it's right. It's, it's right for the doctors and for the educators and for everybody. It's very, very hard to come, to come back uh, to life. I, I think that when I ask myself, like, what's my responsibilities... <coughs> You know, right now it's answering halakhic questions that we get from students, which are also, the questions are far more uplifting than the answers. And it's <laughs> making sure that, um, you know, they have what they need or making sure that the schools, but for me right now, I think the most important thing that I believe that we're working on together with Rav Avishai and all the other schools is yeah. building a mental health infrastructure Now, while the high schools have some mental health support from the government, they don't have enough. And the post-high schools, the yeshivot has there, and the, the seminaries where the Midrashot, like Midrashot Lindenbaum, where young women serve in the IDF, albeit not in combat units, but they've right. seen a lot, um, there's no mental health infrastructure. So we're building the mental health infrastructure so that the heads of schools, so that the teachers... So, I mean, you have mental health professionals in the schools that have lost children. Right. And they're the mental health professionals. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. And, and, and based on and what we've students. heard, yeah. based on what we've heard from those who are full-time in this, organizations right. that help with trauma throughout right. the country during regular times, right. there. there's never going to be enough resources. It's, it's, it's an endless situation. Right. So I've come to the conclusion that either I can complain, where's the government, where's no, this? No, no, I hear so that. We have to do as I've much just, as possible. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I have no problem. But I, I just want no people to understand just how vast yeah. a problem this is going to be. Yeah. So I have no tinnitus to right. anybody. I just know that my responsibility is to make sure that Ortora Stone right. builds this, the infrastructure necessary Perhaps the most important thing that we could do now is the infrastructure necessary. Not that I know that we'll solve all the issues, but at least I can, you know, know to the best of my ability that we've done what we need to do and that there'll never be a request that we can't honor. All right, we should get into, especially with tonight's big celebration going on in New York, which we'll give you the details about in a moment. Uh, what have you added to every institution? Because it seems that every institution that you lead at Ortora Stone is somehow involved in something having to do with this war? There isn't an institution or Torah Stone that doesn't have the head of school and the, all, of, all of the faculty who don't have children or grandchildren or spouses in the IDF. There isn't any institution. And every one of the kids in the class either has a brother, father, both, or mother you, in you the remind, IDF. You remind me, at the beginning of the war... A friend of mine called me from Israel and said, I just met a family in Ramot 
that has 68 children, right. grandchildren, and great-grandchildren serving right. in the Army. So there's one uh, I can think of in the... Uh, I can think of more than one who I don't I didn't I've never counted how many but might fit into that category. Wow. And then you have principals who what happens is they have their husbands in, they have their children in, and then they have their grandchildren living by them. Right. So they're making lunches for the first time in years. <laughs> in years, <laughs> as well as breakfast for the first time in years. And then yeah. they have to come to school and then lead a school of 500. Yeah. So, so my, so as I said, I think that my responsibility, our responsibility is to make sure that we give them the, the support. So there's no institution. So we've create, we've asked each head of school, including Rav Avishai, to tell us what you need. Let's build that infrastructure. So for example, we're going to take all the heads of schools and we're going to bring them together just to have a conversation amongst them because they are in a unique situation. And similar situations. And a similar right. situation. We're going to do that where we are now, we've created for all of the Kolo families who've just returned. And by the way, the Rabbanut didn't cancel the Bechina of last week because most people who take the Rabbanut Bechina don't serve in the IDF. Right. But all of my students who took the Bechina are there. Are served in the IDF. So they went out of Gaza, they took the Bechina on Yeridea, and the Rosh Kolel was sending them videos to prepare for the Bechina while they're in their tanks and their armored personnel carriers and everything else like that. Um, and But how do we make sure that as they rejoin their families, their children, their spouses. So we're creating, whether it is making sure that there are, you know, sponsor, making sure that they get uh, the ability to have breakfast together, go out to a restaurant. We're not talking about fancy restaurants. Right. They don't have to go to the Orient or the... Just time to yeah, spend just, together. Yeah, they can go to Kafit and have a thing. So we're on <laughs> mass. I mean, but we're not talking about for 10. We're talking about, you know, for a thousand. Right. Um, we're doing things of that nature, and we're building the, we're increasing the mental health staff and the capabilities. Right. Um, is, is it a normal high school year? I mean, I, I know that's a ridiculous question, but I mean, are there still studies going on? Is, are the students still involved in their regular course of studies and exams? That's a wonderful question. The answer <laughs> is no, and yes, mainly not. Mainly not. Uh, look, I have in the Veshmeli now yeshiva from the beginning of the war. Uh, Six, seven uh, Ramim, Rabbanim, right. are in, in, the army. in the army. Right. Most of the madrichim of the pnimiya, of the dormitories, are in the army. Right. Another 15 or 20 teachers, secular teachers, are in now. Did you have to become a dorm counselor again? <laughs> uh, yes, yes. <laughs> he's always a dorm counselor. I know, but okay. now he's really, he's got to be there now on a daily okay, basis. Okay, okay. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, of course, the... the, the so in the beginning, we met, we, we learned uh, less hours, etc. Right. You made adjustments. But nothing is perfect right. in this year, nothing. Right. There's a lot of, uh, I would say, holes in the learning. And the other thing is that the head, the mind yeah. of the students it's is drifted. not there. It drifts it, away. Exactly. Even yeah. with, you, you know, that the Rami was there, the teachers are there. And by the way, this is being replicated throughout the whole country. Every yeah, high school student, boy and girl, must be going through the but, same but thing. Exactly. But the same way Rav Avishai says there's holes, and the other hand is... It's being filled with other the, stuff. The, That's good stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, right. the fact that all his students, the first few days, what they do, all the sukkahs in the frat. Right. Who the, took the, down the sukkahs? Being had, attentive to the needs had, of others. Yeah, we had right. 70... Uh, 
we had 70 people from the south who came to live in our in our retreat center i mean it's a half a star retreat center i don't want you you know (laughs) and uh who ran the retreat center the students of neve shmuel so yeah so they i mean they're Every single year, there's a student in Devishmuel that finishes Shas. So maybe this year, there won't be a student that finishes Shas. Someone told me that, um, I don't remember what neighborhood it was in. Maybe it was in Beit Shemesh, mm-hmm. where they walked in at some point right after the war began, and they were the only adult male, basically, in the shul. Right. Anybody else was over 50 or right. under uh, 16 years old. Right. Everybody's missing. Efrat must be like that. Efrat right. must be, Is all must be void like of... Or schools void of men between twenty and fifty. Every single uh, school has what's called a a, a kabat, a katzin bitoni. And I I told the head of the army. I mean, again, this is a, a rabbi who's you know most years is spent in America and and thought the shin gimel meant shilte geborim, not the uh, not a guard tower. Um, <laughs> And uh, until someone explained to me that Shilte Geborim is also a form of a guard tower. But the bottom line is, so I I, I told the head of the army, I said, for the Gush area, I said, you have these people who are in charge of the security of our girls' schools. I said, in case there's a terrorist, God forbid, attack. I said, they're both in the north. I said, you haven't even changed who's in charge. I said, you're going to, first of all, they, they don't have on their phones because some of them are in Lebanon. Right. And second of all, even if they have their phones, by the time you reach them, they're not getting back in time to deal with this. It's just like the whole, there was a whole paradigm shift in what you had to do. But I, I, I think that the Jewish community is very adaptable and, and can move. And, you know, we all, all of us, with the help of so many, did that. And um, I don't think we're out of this yet. Forget about it. I'm not talking about just the war and the fact that there might be something up north. I think this will be a multi-year experience, and we'll have to adapt not just the way we teach, but in our sensitivities. And even though there are more holes, I have a son in Yerucham. Yerucham has also lost seven, eight, nine... His uh, older Colwell, uh, the person he learned with in the Colwell, is no longer amongst the living. And yes, it's affected how many black Amara he's learned. But it, okay. on the other hand, Look he's learned. He's right. learned. Uh, there's the Ish Levanan, the Ish Chora. There's right. the black letters, and there's the spiritual space between the letters. And that's been enhanced. That's been enhanced. Um, oh, by the way, there is a deadline. Because we've been told that March 10th begins Ramadan. The war has mm. to be over before Ramadan. That's what, that's what we've been told by, by different people who are conjecturing how on earth could Israel even think mm-hmm. of being in battle with the enemy during their holiday, the absurdity of which I won't even get into right now. Um, Harav Avishai, I hope, I hope you understand this reference. You were born in Israel, I assume. What city were you born in? Ramat Gan. In Ramat Gan. My parents. Near Givatayim. Near Givatayim, Exactly. Near that uh, wonderful uh, falafel place between Ramat Gan and Bnei Barak. Well, one of them. Yeah, know. one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Your parents were, you were about to say what? My parents made Aliyah from South Africa. Wow. In the 60s. Lucky you're not in South Africa now. They wouldn't let you make Aliyah. Exactly. You know that, by the way? Yeah, yeah. Do you know our friend Rav Daron Peretz? Christ. You know what he's going through now? I, I mean, speak to Daron every week. Oh, Baruch Hashem. Daron and I speak every week. His, missing, his <coughs> missing son is an international story, and mm-hmm. uh, we went to visit him, obviously, when we were in Israel, but... Mm-hmm. 
but he's also someone synonymous with the South African Jewish community. Right. He's embarrassed by the way South Africa's reacted to all this yeah. and the fact of how difficult it is to make Aliyah now if you're yeah. in South Africa. So Baruch Hashem, your parents decided to do what they did. Baruch Hashem. This is the first time I've heard Rav Avishai speak English since I've been in Israel. Wow. You brought him here not knowing if he can speak English? Right, Brandon? We have, figured, to, we have figured, to have an all-fair conversation with you. Fig, I figured you can translate <laughs> anything. You, you can so depend, Rabbi Brandon. He checked it. Yeah. So, I'm on the air since 1983. Do you know how many terrorist attacks there have been and wars there have been in Israel since 1983? Of course you do. I mean, we can sit mm-hmm. here and name them all morning long. Every time I say to people like Rabbi Brandon and other guests, it's amazing how the enemy always gets our best and brightest. The enemy always takes from us these boys and girls who are the gems of our community. And 40 years later, I'm going to explain to you why. Because all of them are our best and brightest. It is unbelievable the young men and young women that are being raised in Medinat Yisrael right now. And every time we hear of something, I mean, what you're going through with the number of students is unbelievable. Every time we hear of an episode where someone's been killed, there's always an incredible story with how, even by the way, even by the way, those who are at the Nova Festival, same thing. You hear about them, dedication to family, dedication to their people, even if they weren't ritually the way we are, that you, everybody is being raised in such inc- with in- such incredible spirit and amazing uh, and, and such an amazing atmosphere. What what is your comment about that? I'll tell you. First of all, I agree. I definitely agree. Each of them was very very special. Uh, they were different from each other. All, all kinds of yeah. they're very different, right? but each of them is so perfect, so special, so unique. It's been made there. We have one of the things we learned in this war is we have a wonderful, outstanding generation. I I think we knew it before. We also liked from here and there to speak about the young generation, you know, they're not like us, all kinds of things. Outstanding generation that heard the the Kriya of Hineni. Uh, I'm here for what is needed. They answered the call. They answered the call immediately. Immediately with, with... the sacrifice with yeah. all the heart. Yeah. And the other thing I said, look, the understanding that they're part of history and it's their turn and they're giving it with all the, all the heart. And the other thing, other thing I wanted to say uh, that they, uh, uh, all of them, all of them, I think t- they're telling us, don't tell all that we were so special only after we're there, after we, we, we fall. If we could see the good, <laughs> the good of every... Before all, they leave before us. They leave, of all our students, yeah. all our students. Yeah. I have hundreds oh, of students. Oh, what stu- a lesson this is for the teachers I have hundreds of students. Yeah. All of them are good, yeah. g- with good heart, with Mesirut Nefesh, with... We have to see it, not, not after the fall. During their life. During their lives, and we'll, yeah. we'll have a better world. All right, I guess at some point I should mention the dinner tonight, although... I it's could, sold out, so but, don't worry about it. Oh, is it sold out? Thank God. <laughs> now I don't feel guilty. But, I mean, this is so important. You know how important this conversation is to yes. the American Jewish community. You know it. Yes. It's a very important conversation. This has been an unbelievable evaluation of what our people are going through at this time. By the way, you know, it's funny. 
the song, I don't know if you saw the Kosher Halftime Show, but it ended with Avram Fried singing with the soldiers the, the song uh, Ninatzeach, right? And he revealed to me that it's an old song in Israel and it's been around for many, yeah. many. And I said to him, I was in Karambi Avne in the late 70s and early 80s. I don't remember this song. He goes, what are you talking about? That whole... So I say to my brother, who's a drop younger to me, I said, you ever hear this song? He said, did I ever hear this song? Of course I heard this song. I said, how'd you hear this song? He goes, you don't realize, when you were in Karabiavna, it was before O.C. Rock, before yeah. the Lebanon War, why would there ever be, why would anybody sing this song? I, meaning him, yeah. I was there during the Lebanon War. It's all we sang. We lost soldiers. We had we had missing soldiers from Karabiavna. That's all we sang was that song. So, so why do I bring this up? I bring this up because I was curious what the reaction would be of my son, who's now in Yeshiva Rakoto. You know, you hear about the war and the start of the brutal attack, and you wonder, because I don't have to tell you, and, and this is not a criticism, I'm not judging anybody, but there are students who left Israel at the suggestion of their parents, and, you know, and they felt that was the best thing for them. Not a criticism at all. But I call my son, after Shemini Atzerasim Chostorah, at Yeshiva Rakoto, and I say, What's your reaction to this? You've just watched half the yeshiva go off to battle. What? He says, there is nowhere else I'd rather be. Right. And that, I believe, he got from the spirit and the atmosphere that Rav Avishai and you have been describing this morning. 100%. There is nowhere else I would like to be. It's a privilege to be partners with Rav Avishai and so many others at Ortura Stone. It's a privilege to see all of our commitments. We all have children in the army. We all are struggling with different things. We're dealing with all the issues that we have to deal with. Uh, my other children <laughs> are doing like their own mental health interventions and saying, Abba, you're helping everybody else who's helping you and stuff like that. <laughs> At least it's Good free point. and unlimited. Yeah. Thank God for that. <laughs> I'm not sure how effective it is, but they're free and unlimited. Um, and, uh, and comes from a loving place. Yeah. But it's, it, it's just, you're, we're living history. We're living history. And in the, the final pages, most of the pages haven't been written of this chapter, but we're living history. And we just have to make sure that we're doing our best. And I pray to God every single day that he should give me the Seicho Hayashar, a clarity of vision to do what we have to do. Mm-hmm. And we talk with my colleagues to get their guidance. But as I think Rav Avishai said, we have to realize how blessed we are with this generation, and they're not a they're not a generation into themselves because they they put their lives on hold, they put their lives on the line. So many of them, the first few days, they didn't run away from the battle; they literally ran to the battle. And they Elchanan Kalmanson. He was sitting in Utniel. He got out of the Yontif table with his brother and his nephew, and he went to Be'eri, and he saved 100 people. He fell. He saved 100 people. And when you sit, sit with his father, he'll say, what is chut I had to have, such a, to have such a child? And then when the people from Be'eri come and they say, you know, uh, your son's a gibor, and I was there when this happened, and Rabbi Kalmanson says, no, you were the gibor, you hid for so much, so, so long. He goes, no, we had no choice, but your son had a choice. And then he's, and then they say to him, I'm not sure, we who are not formally observant, I'm not sure we would have come if there was a terrorist attack in Netanyahu. But we've learned that there's a larger narrative here, and we can't define ourselves 
about the small insignificant things that separate us. I think that we're just living, we forgot that that's part of our DNA before October 7th. Yeah, that's true. And I think that we've been reminded about that in a very painful way, but inspirational in the same way. Oh, amazing. Mazal Tov to Ann and Jeremy Pava, Rabbi David Kalb, Julia Frankston Morris, and Ariel Ariel Frankston Morris. These are all honorees tonight. They're amazing people who have given a lot to the Jewish community. The Pavas are world leaders, literally world leaders. They've helped so many institutions. Rabbi Kalb is transforming the lives of the people he teaches. And to have alumni like the Frankston Morris is, 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 is literally a blessing. Um, it's a privilege to be able to honor them. It's a privilege to be able to get together. And because of the fact we postponed this dinner. Right, it was supposed to be earlier. Yeah, and we felt that we should still do it, um, but in a more muted way. Right, and focusing uh, on the war. And focusing on the war. And when you come in, there will be a table set with pictures and bios of every one of our students that have fallen because um, I think they would have wanted us to do this. We, I had some conversations with some of the parents, but we can't forget them. And we're doing this in order to make sure that we can continue to do the work. Um, Certain families and institutions have been hit very hard. Mm-hmm. And again, we don't like labels and we don't like separation, but we should acknowledge that the religious Zionist community has been hit particularly hard in this war. There will be studies that will be done after this is over. Please God soon. I wouldn't mind if it was over by March 10th. Um, <laughs> you would take that, huh? I'd take that. And the same way I would take if all the hostages were home this Shabbat tomorrow. before we tomorrow. hit the 20th yes. Shabbat. Yes, um, As I, I speak to Doron Peretz, you know, for each Shabbat. I won't walk into Shabbos without speaking to him. And we pray for the, yeah. for for the, for the release of Daniel Shimon right. Ben Sharon, right. to whom we are still assuming right. is in Bezrat Hashem alive. Yes. Daniel Shimon Ben Sharon. Yeah. Uh, tonight's your Torah Stone dinner. It's sold out, but Mazal Tov, of course, to uh, Rabbi Brander and uh, Harav Milner and to everybody who's going to be there tonight focusing on the challenge of Israel at war and rising to that challenge. Our Torah Stone information, if you want to support anything we discussed this morning, including the brand new mental health initiative, which is vital. Uh, you could actually, you know, be, you could hop on to the Art Torah Stone bandwagon uh, with a new initiative, OTS.org. .il, OTS.org.il. I visited with Ari Riskin in August. It was a wonderful encounter. Thank God. You'll please send them our best, I of course. definitely do. You know what he means to us. I don't know if yes, to tell you. of course. As Artur Stone celebrates his 40th year. And Harav Avishai Milner, uh, although I say this very often when I meet people, I now have to put on my schedule to visit your high you school. You have to see it. You forget You're more than all welcome. the other institutions. Yeah. i got to make it yeah. to your high school and see you in action. And be inspired by an incredible student body and all the people that are associated with the work that you do. And Kolakavod, you are you are you are raising this next generation of fighters for Israel. And I don't necessarily mean army fighters. Please God, there should be real peace. But fighters for Israel, fighters for Torah, fighters for Eretz Yisrael, fighters for the heritage and tradition of the Jewish people. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And what an you're more than invited. Thank you. We're all part of the history now, yeah. and we are on the right side of the history. Yeah. Right side. Bezrat Hashem, nenatzeach. Bezrat Hashem, nenatzeach. Beyachad, with togetherness and with, uh, care and concern for our fellow brothers and sisters. Rabbi Brander, 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. You'll join fun. us when I come to visit? Of course. My office is right now. <laughs> oh, not really? too far from his. You're right in the neighborhood. Yeah, I'm right in the neighborhood. <laughs> Still right in the neighborhood. Amazing. And thank you, Nachum, for what you do for all of the world jewelry. And you have been a that. cohesive force during this troubling and tragic time we are trying our best it's You're a, doing amazing w- one of our greatest functions i still believe is to bridge the gap between israel and the diaspora and Which i think today doing. people feel a bit closer right. because of this conversation uh, ots.org.il support the work of Ari brander haravavishai milner and the thousands of people they have around the world who are spreading torah and our incredible tradition and heritage on a daily basis more coming up you're listening to jm in the am
and Shlomo Bronner together on Share Nigun here at JM in the AM. Shmuel Younger before that, he'll join us tomorrow. Shmuel Younger live in studio tomorrow here at JM in the AM. Oh,
Mendy Warch, Alex Clare had uh, Simcha Rabba and Benny Friedman as Yisrael Batach Hashem to open up that set. JM in the AM, wow. Listener Moshe just wrote on the app. Um, let's see, what did he write? He wrote, Good morning, Nachum. Great interview. Makes me glad to listen wall-to-wall daily because you never know when there'll be a gem that day. Yeah, this was a gem. If you missed this interview, you got to listen later. If you care about Israel, you got to listen to this interview later. Rabbi Brander and Rabbi Avishai Milner. Wow, what a conversation. Wow. Um, listener Daniel says, good morning from your favorite Southern fans, AJA Carpool number 204. Thank you, listener Daniel. Congratulations to the YU Maccabees. The Yeshiva University men's basketball team won their quarterfinal game last night, Mazaltov. They're now moving on to tomorrow night's semifinal in the Skyline Conference, which is pretty amazing. It really is amazing. I want to thank Mr. Blumenthal for keeping us up to date on that. And congratulate congratulate Elliot Steinmetz and the team on what was a great second-half performance last night and a great performance in general to win that game last night. Kolaka vote, as we say. If you don't receive our daily thread or our weekly newsletter, speak to Avrami, AF at NahumSiegel.com. If you want to make sure to get today's interview, you could ask Avrami, AF at NahumSiegel.com. Very important interview, I think. Included so many of the topics we've been discussing since the beginning of this war. And includes tributes to this generation that are, in my opinion, worthy and insufficient. Yeah. And I mean that. Just incredible. Really incredible. Kalakavo to everybody who's uh, defending the land of Israel, the state of Israel, and the future of the Jewish people. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Enjoy a 10% discount on all Abel's and Hyman products at kosherdogs.net with promo code RADIO. A&H has been serving the kosher world since 1954, and A&H products are available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide try a and h today you'll be glad you did if you didn't uh, see our kosher halftime show starring Avram free talking about this war and how effective and amazing it's been um or i should say effective and victorious amazing may be the wrong word um if you missed the kosher halftime show check it out brought to you by the rothenberg law firm injurylawyer.com find it by searching kosher halftime show 2024 it stars Avram free tomorrow <coughs> excuse me yeah, the cough is better today than yesterday, but it ain't there yet. Don't worry, Dr. Mark's on top of the situation. Um, hopefully it'll be a good day for the cough. <laughs> uh, tomorrow on this program, Shmuley Unger, the great singer, entertainer, performer, and somebody who has no problem saying what's on his mind. Shmuley Unger tomorrow in studio here at JM in the AM. Very much looking forward to that, to say the least. Shmuley Unger tomorrow morning right here at JM in the AM. Should be fascinating. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard a listener-sponsored digital radio. Rather, we're on the Nachumsegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing uh, Wednesday here at JMM. My thanks to Ari Brandon or Ari Milner. What an inspiring morning. Check out the interview. Go to the archive section of NachumSiegel.com. And, of course, 
on the NSN app. Have a fabulous Wednesday and enjoy Yossi's Wag and the Wednesday live lunch beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern time right here on NSN. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.